Benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy. Mi chiamo Kimberly Holcomb e io sono qui con Tommaso. Sì, buongiorno. Buongiorno. That all meant my name's Kimberly Holcomb and I'm here with Tommaso. Questo è episodio 93. Episode 93. We're getting up there in age. No, in numbers and I'm super excited for 100. Cento. We 100. To, we have to figure out like a massive party for that. Yes. Okay. Maybe uh, we'll have, um, I don't know. Let's let's think about that. Like Seven a, weeks from now. A, six weeks from now. A very good bottle of champagne. Plus more. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to this new episode, which I'm calling Primavera in Bellitalia. Primavera means spring. And you know that expression, spring is in the air? Well, I think that is particular to each place in each country. For example, here in Little Rhode Island, spring makes us all happy. The weather is warmer, you can tell, but it's primarily... (laughs) Particularly, I'm thrilled because we had no snow. True. It was a very blah winter. I mean, it's like gray, 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 gray. Yeah, it's boring. But spring here in Rhode Island is primarily defined by daffodils blooming and our grass starts to grow. The weather's a bit warmer, but (laughs) to be honest, in a place like Rhode Island to us, to Tommaso and myself, means we have to start working again, working on getting the yard ready so you can mow it, get your outdoor furniture uncovered and cleaned up from the winter grit. And for a lot of people that live on this little island of ours, You have to get your boat ready. Boats are awesome, mind you, but whether it's an old boat, small boat, whatever kind of boat, it takes a lot of work to get ready. The good news is you're selling yours. I've just sold my beautiful boat named Alvalu. Like the restaurant. Like the restaurant up in uh, Lake Como. That's another story. It's a little bittersweet. I can't believe you just threw that out there. Well, I think it's a good idea. Well, we don't have to work on it this year. There's that. So basically, we are tired by the time June comes around because we just finished all the work that's involved in the spring. So June is like cocktail month. Because <laughs> we finished all the work and we're sitting on our screening porch having a cocktail. What's for breakfast? Bloody no, Mary. No, Seven no, days a week. No. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Aperol spritz. You feel like it. And even if you're a city dweller, I keep thinking of the spring in the air phrase during all the years I lived in Manhattan. And spring there is basically, you know, some restaurants opened up, outdoor dining. And if you walk through Central Park, you could definitely see a lot more flowers, greener grass, and hear the birds. And, which, the, and the squirrels that came running, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I love those squirrels. Yeah, city squirrels. They were tough little, <laughs> They're just like, you know what? <laughs> give me a peanut. <laughs> Demanding. Demanding. But anyway... Um, Birds chirping is another sign of spring in the northern half of America. But in New York City, like the bird chirping competes with the taxi noise. So it was all a bit more, you know, harder to harder to tell spring was really in the air. I just want to say that I have also not evicted the three tenants that we have underneath the deck. The little birds, the nests that they made. We have a very protected beam underneath there. Mm-hmm. It runs 55 feet. 
and there were three little nests. And last year I was determined in the fall to get rid of those nests. You have just alienated a lot of bird lovers. I forgot. On our podcast. No, no, no. I forgot. Good. And now they're back. Great. For another summer. Welcome. Benvenuti, little birds. Where do they get the bill? <laughs> Rent's anyway, gone up around here. Let's go back to spring in Italy. To me, spring seems like this massive rush of everything all at once. Basically, overnight, you smell aroma. Oh, that's Italian version. Aromas of every type of flowering plant, like much more intense colors. The sky seems to be a deeper blue. And the weather in the northern half of Italy, anyway, the temperature goes from kind of blah to beautiful. And clearly that makes everyone happy. And during my days in Milano, which can be a very damp and foggy and in my day, smoggy city that goes gray during the winter months, all of a sudden you'd wake up some point late March, early April, and there was this color overnight. Spring makes everyone happy, even the Milanese, who were nicer and more generous than most people I had ever met. They were even nicer. This That very first day, the blue sky reappeared. And, you know, if any of my Italian friends are listening to this, they may think I'm seeing the grass greener on the other side because they have to do work around their yard and get ready for during the spring but as well. The, the thing of the Italy, they're not lawn competitors. True. <laughs> which I think is key. America, we have this like, oh my God, those long, you know, oh. dump all these chemicals on it. And yeah, we well, have not the us. Bay. Not us, but that we have the bay to worry about. You don't want it because the chemicals are off to the bay, but people get lawn competitive oh, here. Ridiculous. And in Italy, I mean, you walk around Rome, you walk along the Tiber, and there are these weeds coming out. I mean, a lot of people in America would be out there with a weed whacker. Yeah, no kidding. And, so, a, and a blower. And Ugh. a blower. Ugh. Regardless, I think spring in Italy somehow is just a bit sweeter. And maybe it's because you're on a vacation there. Most of you listening to us are on vacation there. You don't have to do any work. So go to Italy in spring because it's bellissima. So a few things that describe or define spring in Italy, I should say, is wisteria, which is pronounced glicine in Italian. So I have these good friends in Chernobyl on Lake Como, and their family house is up the hill, and they have a terrazzo, this stunning, beautiful, large terrazzo covered with a pergola that has had wisteria, old vines growing for ever. I think they've had that house for generations. This wisteria is amazing. And I can remember in my first few years of living in Milano, taking the train to Como, then the boat, then walking up that super steep hill. You can remember walking mm-hmm. up to Mickey and Birthdays and you're Many huffing, huffing and puffing the whole way. And then you go through the gate of their house in onto, I should say, Terrazzo, and that right there was spring like I had never known before because you smelled that wisteria like 50 yards before you got there and you could you knew what was coming and then you saw it in full bloom and it was unbelievable. I knew exactly what was coming. <laughs> A load of antihistamines down my throat because it was, 
I, exactly I forgot what. about that. I think the first time I took you there, like, my oh, eye, and this is my Tom eyes, My eyes were watering. Like, <laughs> is he sad? No. <laughs> I forgot. Close to death. You couldn't be more encroached no, by uh, a and, single wisteria plant than on their terrazzo. Yes, so. and it all hangs down. <laughs> When's it going out so beautiful? <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, funny enough, last night I was looking at Instagram and because it's that time of year of Gleechene, the wisteria, there were so many posts from the Italians I follow with photos of wisteria, wisteria time in Milano, and then one very impressive wisteria canopy, just like our friend's house in Chernobyl. And their caption was Gleechene e Amore, which means wisteria is love. <laughs> For some. Others, wisteria is agony. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so before we describe what's happening this spring in Italy, we want to thank Blondie1746, who left a very nice review on Apple Podcasts. And she's one of those dedicated listeners who looks forward to each week's episode, which is molto, molto carino. She also suggested that we should record an episode on how Tommaso and I met. And that is also cute. However, I don't think it's worthy of an entire episode. But I will share. Why not, right, Tommaso? Sure, let's yeah. I will share that we met on a blind date in Boston set up by a couple whom I worked with on photo shoots. And Tommaso had met that same couple at another photographer's party. And a funny thing is, when I met you, I was dating a supermodel. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) In your dreams, dude. (laughs) I had to leave her for you. Oh, that was so nice. Well, to be honest, for those of you who remember the model, the supermodel, Linda Evangelista from the 90s, that was your dream girl. Mm-hmm. And had she known that you existed, she would have totally dated you. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So moving on, um, we were set up on the blind date and it was during a weekend party over a Labor Day weekend, the end of the summer. And then our first official date was the following week after Tommaso called me, got my number. We planned a date to go sailing at this little sailing club on the river. It's called the Charles River in Boston. Community boating in Charles River. Community boating. I call it a sailing club. A yachting club. It's not. It's community (laughs) boating. They sail Cape Cod bullseyes. Fine. Which are nice little boats. But you have to be... um, certified, you know, and have a little captain's license to be a member. Tomasa was not a member, just I was. So here comes the ex-America's Cup sailor and all kinds of other sailing races he's done around the world. And he comes to a little community boating on the (laughs) Charles River for a day. And I could be the only one at the helm. He didn't, he was not qualified. I sat there with that dinky little jib sheet going up and down the Charles River. It was an awesome first date, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then to be honest, our obviously things worked out on that first date. And to be well, honest, so far. <laughs> and our first trip together several months later was to Italy. See? I took him to Milano and Lago di Como because I wanted him to meet all my friends and see 
why I spoke so highly about my six years in Bella Italia. And here we are almost 27 years later, and he is equally as entwined with Italy and my Italian friends. And that, in summary, in Soma, is why it's so enjoyable to do this podcast together. Yes. Giusto, right? See. Si. Okay. Giusto means right. <laughs> giusto. See, si, giusto. Okay. And quickly, I'd also like to thank TB Motocross for his, her review, where I actually burst out laughing when she wrote, I almost fell out of my chair at work when I heard you say that your group enjoyed that one crazy day in Napoli, but then back on the train, they collectively said, no need to visit again. <laughs> so he or she, TB Motocross, apparently had the same experience in Napoli. And again, it's not for everyone, but for every single person I know that has gone there, they're grateful for the experience that at least they went once. I personally like it, but again, so thank you to both these people for leaving a review on Apple and grazie mille to all those who keep hiring me to plan their trips for 2023 and even a very few wise clients whose trips will be in 2024. Those people will have their first choice of everything and it's easy easy for me and what's not to love about that. Yes, your first choice is very important because now it is crowded again, which we'll get into in a few in a few minutes. Okay. Allora, primavera in Italia, spring in Italy. It's a tad different in each of the regions, but for comparison's sake, let's relate it to the United States. Southern California and Southern Florida, like, well, basically all of Florida almost, have warm and sunny weather year-round. The same can be said for Sicily and Puglia. So the spring seasons there, down in the south of Italy and the whole island of Sicilia, Sicily, is not as pronounced as the northern parts of the country. To me, spring in Tuscany and Umbria, or basically most of the midsection of the country, is much more vibrant. You notice it more. It's it just different from day one to the... from. The previous day to the next, I should say. And by chance, if you listen to our episodes on Umbria, you heard us talk about that, quote, spectacle of nature, which takes place in the plains between the mountains around Norcia, the village of Norcia. Millions and millions of wildflowers bloom and it is truly unlike anything you've ever seen. And that's in Umbria. That's in later spring, like mid-May. Yet in Tuscany, everything starts to turn green in April and May, the wildflowers also come out in abundance. And keep in mind that from the end of August until March, the Tuscan landscape is an earthen, it's an earthen color of like an amber or dark gold due to the harvest from the fall. And the only color you really see amongst that umber, dark gold color are the green Cipresi, right? Clusters of, clusters of trees, or not even clusters per se. They are planted in clusters, but they also line all the curving right. driveways. All those wonderful photographs, right? So it's that's the beauty of the Tuscan landscape in the fall, and then, boom, March, April, green. Everything is just green, and you notice it. And it's, I think, it's much more like, boom, in your face. Spring is here, and. Therefore, everybody's happy. 
So for everything in Tuscany to turn green and flower in the spring, it's so much more dramatic and definitely makes you really notice the new season. In Marema, the southwestern area of Tuscany, they also have wildflowers, especially poppies, and they completely consume the landscape. You might be thinking of those images too, those photos, because Marema's down on the seacoast and just these red poppies, red poppies everywhere. Yes. yes. Stunning. And I had done a couple road trips in the day when I lived there, and they reminded me in a different color scheme of the road trips we would do in France when the lavender fields come out and are at full bloom. So to see one landscape, one set of rolling hills with the same color flower like the lavender in France, and they also have some lavender in Italy as well, or these red poppies in Marema, it's just beautiful. So for those of you that live in a different area of the world that doesn't have anything like that, Spring in Tuscany and Umbria, Marema, etc. Bellissima. Insomma. Remember that Italian word? In summary. Yes. <laughs> he said it as if I offended him because he's totally, <laughs> totally fluent now. <laughs> Insomma. Spring in Italy is stunning. Yet, I have to add that I have clients there now who arrived in Amalfi the 1st of April. And... Today is the uh, 18th here, and for more than two weeks, it's been raining every day, very cold, everywhere they've been. They started in Amalfi, they went to Matera, then to Puglia, then to Abruzzo, and just now they're leaving Tuscany. So that proves you can basically no longer rely on what had been the normal seasonal weather. Climate change is just wreaking havoc everywhere. And you can't really rely on it anymore. However, this same client emailed me just yesterday and said, regardless that the weather has been less than ideal, and they had to buy a few jackets and everything, (laughs) her husband was cold. So even though it's been less than ideal, she said, regardless, we are so happy to not be sharing this amazing trip with all the crowds. All the crowds. to To them, it's totally worth it. Which is the most wonderful way to see Italy. Exactly. And and she was very, you know, open-minded about the bad weather, yet the benefit. So speaking of crowds and tourism, Tommaso has some current travel news for some, all of you. Yes. Some travel news and some suggestions. Okay. First of all, if you're an American, which 70% of our audience is in the United States, right now, go get, if you're going to Italy or planning to go, Go get your passport and open it up and check because the the passport office is inundated with both renewals and new passports. It's up 40%. It was crazy last year. It's even crazier this year. With the amount of people renewing or applying for it. So all of a sudden it becomes, uh, if you're down, you have to have 90 days to get into the EU. You need to get your passport renewed or get get it done because but i think they're stating that it can take up to 5 months now is that for, correct um no 10 to 13 weeks so 3 okay. months okay so that's that's a fairly you know that's a fair amount of time and 52% of americans are planning on traveling in the next 6 months i think you're going to be busy <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing if you're planning on traveling 
get that passport out, check the date. And if you need a passport, don't think you're just going to get it tomorrow. I went to get my global pass and there are only two places I can get a global pass. In the Northeast. In the Northeast. And it took three months for an appointment. An appointment. His options were either like on the Canadian border <laughs> right, or by JFK Airport in New York. So but I JFK did, it is. I did consider going to Ireland for a beer and coming back because you can have your interview on the return. <laughs> Why a, didn't we do that? Gotta have a couple of Guinness and then come home. <laughs> um, also, a little news on some pricing. You now are going to have to pay to get into the Pantheon, which you've never it had. It has to- always been free. Yes. They suggest reserving a ticket that allows you to wait in the line at the beginning, but now they have to charge. And I think that's fine. It's the most beautiful building in the world, in my opinion, but- when is that being implemented? Friday. Oh, last good timing. Week, actually, last Friday. So you'll have to pay five euros to get in. That's not bad. I know it's not bad, but still, a lot of people are used to free things. Used to free things. And then, you, you know, there's an audio tour for eight and a half euros. You know, it can get up there. So you just want to make sure that you understand that you're going to pay it at some point. Also, the art newspaper out of London, which I read on a regular basis, just this morning found out the Uffizi Gallery is raising ticket prices. They're now going up to... It was like 20, 20. Yeah, they're up by 25% now. So the full price ticket will now be 25 euros to get into the Uffizi. And that per will be person. in effect from March 1st through the 30th of November. And then it goes back down to 20 euros after that. Um, That encourages people to go off season to spend a little less money. Or get out of bed, because if you want to get an early bird ticket. Now, I disagree with this. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry You can pay 19 euros from 8.15 till 8.55. And guess what? The early birds skip the line. So many third-party companies offer those early bird, early access. And then you get there, you get up at six o'clock on your vacation you get to the Vatican or somewhere else by 7.30 and there's hordes of people doing the exact same thing. So I never normally recommend that. And one other piece of news, Rome taxis. Now, it's not. this is not just Rome or it's not just any specific city. It happens in the United States all the time. It happens everywhere. Taxi drivers licked up their fee a little bit. And now it's happening in Rome where they say, oh, the ticket, the meter's not working or something. And people are charging... 50 euros. But this is not from Fiumicino Airport, I believe. This is from the well, other it, one. Um, they can also say that their credit card machine isn't working within the cab. Yes. That, and they want cash. Yes. And tell you it's 50 euros as opposed to 30 euros. Correct. So, you know, the fact that you got a cab, you've flown in, it's early in the morning, you're tired, you want to get to your hotel, you'll pay anything to get, to, to get have a nice breakfast and get out of there. So people are doing that. But the other... Wait, before you carry on, can I just say, for example, in Rome, Fiumicino Airport, it is a very civilized, nowadays, Mm -hmm. it's very civilized, you know, to where to go to wait in the line. The line goes quickly. There is a person, an official, directing you two in that car, you two in this car. All the taxis are white, the legitimate ones. Right. They have their numbers on them. So... I have been impressed by the efficiency and the legitimacy of it. 
So it may be the one random. No, there are exactly. It's it's not everybody, of course. But right. It's, but it's, so you're trying to just show what can happen. So that means a traveler should get in the car, or as that official is pointing, directing them to a specific car. Before you get in, you say, "Is your um, what do you call it? The, credit card machine working? Is your credit card machine working? Because we don't have cash. Like say it like that and verify. And it's only going to be." 40 euro from here to downtown Rome, correct? Yes. And the, but the, it's the mostly at the other airport, Chiampo, where this is happening. The vast majority of these episodes have taken place at Ciampino, which is the other airport in Rome. Ciampino. Ciampino. Bravo. I try hard. <laughs> I'm getting there. There are a couple other things too that I, I'm going to define as a return back to sanity. We know that Venice wants to implement, but has not implemented yet, a daily tourist tax. They keep talking about it. Yes. It's been years. It's been years. They should do it. Well, I think, you know, it's always who's going to go first. And now we're seeing it happen. So there have been a broad range we saw last year of people going down the Spanish steps, people in Fiorenza going over the Ponte Vecchio. Going down the Spanish steps in a car. And and on a Vespa. On a Vespa. The a, car that turned left on the Ponte Vecchio in a Ferrari. A Ferrari. All of those, I'm sorry to say, were done by Americans. Yes. That's horrible. Yes, they're in they're in the category of bozos. But now the Tyrol, Trentino, they're gonna put a ta- a daily tax in to go to set up there's some beautiful lake, which you know, I forget the name of the lake. Braise. Yes. People love to take their picture in front of it. But what's happened is so many day trippers went up there. The roads were jam-packed. So they're actually shutting down the road during mm, the course of the day. Mio. Right? And they're going to charge you and make a reservation to go. And that's also... Well, I do have a client going directly there to the Dolomiti, and he knows he has to have a reservation to park his car and get there. And it was impossible to find how to get that reservation. I helped him. I couldn't. Do it. I don't know if he found was successful or not. He's but. just going to say he knows you and it'll be able to take yeah, care of Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people want to take selfies. And one of the other places they want to take selfies is in Portofino. Oh, yeah. And this has become a nightmare because the traffic gets backed up and people stop. There are a couple of different what they call red zones down in Portofino where you don't want to stand because right now you'll get whacked with a... 275 euro fine. Good for them. Spending too much too much time. Exactly. exactly. You, you know what? I'm no offense to anyone that is an Instagram influencer or a TikTok creator, but the obsession of making these types of little videos has ruined a lot of destinations around the world. Thailand, Bali, Indonesia, it's ridiculous with the amount of young influencers creating their videos and posts and influencing the world well, via in, via an app. So, so, the, I'm so sorry, the, go ahead. No, so the mayor of Portofino, Matteo Viacava, he claimed that there's archaic chaos is created by tourists stopping to take pictures, resulting in back traffic jams and, and well, backups and Portofino jam Portofino is so... It's teeny. Oh, Madonna, teeny. that is so disappointing and so sad. And the other aspect is for those of us that are not TikTok creators and Instagram influencers, you're just ruining the view for us, for everybody else that's going to learn about the history and experience the Italian 
culture. And we have to look at you young, not young, look at anyone doing their little, um, what do you call that? Hold on. What do you call that thing? Booty boogie. (laughs) The thing they do there. I don't don't know. What do you call it? Who cares? I just, it, it, for someone who's never taking a selfie, me. We, no, we haven't. (laughs) Speaking of archaic, we're like dinosaurs. We don't do selfies, which is fine with us. So, you know, one of the things that I think is very important, you think, oh, the hell with it. I'll just do it. I won't have to pay the fine. I'm leaving. Well, wrong, because they'll probably take you right back to the police station, take a picture of your passport, maybe enter your passport in, or they'll have a little credit card machine right with them. Mm -hmm. And then- You'll pay or you'll go to jail. Well, I do hope they implement the fee and fine right then and there and slowly word will get out and they just have to be on top of it and put an end to this because it really is disturbing for all the normal tourists that really do want to enjoy Italy and not all these influencers from around the world. So we're going to start watching White Lotus next month. (laughs) That's another thing we're archaic with we don't have cable hbo we never watch tv but i've had so many inquiries to sicily and can you do a white lotus vacation for me it's like hmm, i guess we should binge watch it right here's what's going on in palermo they're opening a new museum oh this is awesome dedicated to the mafia the museum is going to be in multiple stages and the first stage the museum is dedicated to Giovanni Falcone. This is the 30th anniversary of his murder by the mafia. He was clamping down on the mafia, doing a great job, and the only way they could stop him was to murder him. And it's actually quite nice. I saw one of the pictures online where it's a picture of him looking down and smiling as you walk by. He just was, he's a hero to a lot of people. He was a hero. That happened while I lived there, and that day was tragic. Yes. So uh, if you're a big uh, fan of um, The Sopranos or The Godfather, this is where it all started in Palermo. And um, the first phase of the museum is up and running and it will be continuously going until hopefully the mafia is reduced a to done a, deal. a done deal. So I am very, very excited to see that because the murder of Giovanni Falcone was this equivalent of like, where were you on 9-11? You know, for for Italians, it was a hugely tragic day. And if we can get through this, it'll be bada bing, bada bang. No more (laughs) mafia. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of Sicily and Palermo and all that, um, we were going to go this fall, but we've detoured. We're going to take a very long road trip all through Italy's midsection, every nook and cranny. We'll be going through Tuscany, Umbria, Abruzzo, you name it. And Sicilia will be early next spring after we binge watch White Lotus. (laughs) So I know how to plan someone's trip to reenact that. All right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Va bene. Va bene. Grazie mille tutti. E ci sentiamo, ci sentiamo la settimana prossima. Va bene. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Grazie. Grazie.